Acts 17, right? Where Paul's going through Athens and he says, oh, uh, to the statue says unknown God. Yeah. Bingo. Let me proclaim him to you. And he, he goes into proclaiming Christ Jesus and, and uh, his, his resurrection. And so, um, again, that really kind of gets us to, to, you know, ultimately why and how we, I think, uh, defend our faith and but also evangelize right to to then be able to get that conversation where somebody's talking about well i believe in a greater power to begin to define like we said the existence of god and who he is particularly in christ jesus and and then and then begin that conversation from there to these declarative historical statements that enable us to to get on uh, firm grounding that, that we're given in scripture Welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm Mike Dodds, uh, and two of our usual co-hosts are here, Tim Hange, Sean LePage. You can wave there, guys. Yep. But we have a guest with us today, Ian Bacon. He's the program director of the Bible and Theology Department for the college here at, at uh, Calvary University and assistant professor of Bible and Theology. Welcome to the conversation, everyone. Great. We're all here. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. But Ian, you uh, Introduce yourself to our Calvary Conversational listeners. Just a quick bio. Where are you from? Where did you get educated? Uh, how did you come to Calvary? What do you teach? Yeah, Introduce yourself. All right. All right. Well, it's great to be here on Calvary Conversations. Uh, really, really honored to, to have been asked. So I uh, was born and raised in Sacramento, California. I've been married to my wife uh, for 27 years and and four kids. We've uh, done ministry, just about everything in the church, from uh, pastor, you know, to uh, Sunday school teacher to you know mowing lawns, whatever. So, uh, but uh, I was um, I was uh, educated at Liberty University. I did my uh, undergrad and my MDiv uh, there, and currently am doing the PhD program here at Calvary. So halfway, just about halfway through the program. So uh, looking forward to getting into the dissertation writing process uh, mm. as we uh, do that. So in terms of what I teach, uh, really, as as the title kind of covers it, uh, many of the Bible and theology related um, courses. So teach Bible study and hermeneutics. I uh, teach systematic theology one, uh, which will be apropos to what we're talking about today. Uh, and then uh, apologetics uh, and uh, Old Testament survey. I'll be teaching New Testament survey as well uh, here coming in the spring. Uh, so those are some of the, the classes. The ones I really like to teach, kind of my my area of interest uh, is really on, on the Old Testament. Love the Old Testament uh, survey course. Uh, I love taking students through uh, through that. And, and uh, uh, one of my pet peeves is the Old Testament doesn't get enough uh, credit as it should. And so that's our job here at Calvary to show that uh, indeed uh, the, the new, you can't understand the New Testament without the old. So that's that's a little bit about me that's and cool. kind of my my interests. That's great. That's good. Um, our topic today is theology proper. Well, isn't that all of theology? No, that's got a specific definition. I mean, we're talking about God himself. That's the focus. And the relationship of that understanding, that theological concept, that philosophical concept, but more, as Sean was just saying, the, the reality of what we all think about, is there a God? Does he exist? 
And that's in one sense, I heard a person say this is probably the most important worldview question. All right, we can argue about a lot of those, but does God exist? Now, I that's one thing I know each of us um, want to communicate clearly and confidently, and I'll bet all of our listeners want to do the same. But uh, Ian, start us out. Uh, does God exist? What's the gamut of thinking that you hear, you've seen, you talk about in classes about the existence of God? You know, the, the main axiom is that God can only be known because he makes himself known. Uh, so when you get to asking the question, you know, does God exist? And uh, in, in, in the way that we would answer, as you just, just said, is, is um, because, again, we, we understand the answer to that question uh, to, to be based on, on a set of facts, right? And we can get into that a little bit, bit later. But as we kind of think through, kind of, you know, even just how to answer this question and, and converse with one another about this, where my mind goes first, where I kind of start the conversation in classes is really kind of how do people generally, especially outside of Christianity, kind of answer this question? Because there's a, there's a couple of things that are happening out there that I think are really important for us uh, to, to analyze and, and, and engage, right? We need to be just as good students of culture the current culture as we are of of biblical culture. We do a lot of Bible hermeneutics. We talk a lot about you know understanding the the biblical culture in which a text was written. Well, we need to be good students of what's currently happening today, and this kind of does introduce us into um, a lot of larger questions about how the world is is thinking about the existence of God, uh, and I think even kind of tied into that, um, you know. Then how they they how do they then automatically define if there is one? Well, polls tells us that you know if you do a poll in America today, you know overwhelmingly people say, oh yeah, boy, I believe in God, right? I believe in God, uh, and and although just to to mention, sadly, the numbers of those proclaiming to be atheists are growing exponentially as well. Uh, so so we have a, a problem there. So so many in our culture in our day are saying, no, God doesn't exist. There is no God. But for those that do, you know, and and uh, you guys can probably speak to this as well and seeing that, it just seems to me in, in the conversations that I have had and a lot of our entertainment and, and the way that we talk about God, there's very much the new age view of God seems to be dominating culture today. Uh, and kind of what I mean by that is this kind of cosmic energy source, um, an an impersonal, almost undefinable um, kind of source that somehow people think that they can tap into. And kind of typically the way I kind of put it is almost like a magic eight ball, right? That, that you know, they're going to ask God to, to somehow, you know, the big word of today, and, and this kind of goes back to New Ageism, but also some of the Eastern, you know, religious, you know, manifest my, my destiny, right? If I can just, you know, think it into existence, it will come, you know, and if it doesn't, then, you know, I'll just try harder. And, and so, um, and, and, and so there, that kind of seems to be, one of the aspects that, that seems to be prominent, and the other aspect that I bring up a lot in class uh, is, you know, as, as we're thinking about the entertainment in which we take right now, one of the hottest genres out there is the superhero genre, right? <laughs> and much of 
the superhero genre, if if you know our listeners are kind of unfamiliar with that, is based loosely on ancient mythology. And but what's interesting to me is there seems to be this this uh, thing where they're becoming just more and more explicit about it, and they're putting it into. Um, many of the movies, if if you've seen uh, The Eternals, uh, one of the movies that came out, I think, last year, I hadn't seen it yet, but one of my students in class had seen it, and we're going through Old Testament survey, and he sees a picture of the Babylonian wall, you know, the azure, the, the blue azure wall background with the, the yellow lions, and he sees that, and he goes, oh my gosh, I've seen that. I've seen that in a movie, and, and to him, that compartmentalized you know, for a moment at least, that that's what made it real was the fact that he saw it in a movie. That was scary point number one. To me, kind of, you know, <laughs> explain, wait, wait, okay, you know, and, and actually take it back that no, actually what they're drawing on is is scripturalist can in this. But so I am really kind of concerned about mythology and this this view of the gods in terms of how it's being depicted in in our entertainment, because what that ultimately is doing is just relegating um, even the existence of of God, whether there's one or not, to one that even if there is a God or gods uh, that exist, what does it matter? Because they're, in, they're inadequate to take care of anything in my life than, of course, for us that, that understand um, Christian theology and so forth, then then uh, what what they don't understand and what they're denying then is that God could meet their their spiritual problem, right? Their sin right. problem. So yeah. that seems to be really prominent today. Yeah. Sean, Tim, uh, you, Sean, you've been a pastor. Tim, you've been on a mission field and in other countries. Add in there, uh, uh, Ian, saying there there there's there's some ways people present their understanding of the existence of a God. What have you all seen? What's our culture like? My my experience is that that uh, most people believe there is a God of some kind, um, and, I, and in fact, I just was just looking at some some polling and whatever, and it looks like, you know, um, you know that th that's what at least this particular poll shows is that the vast majority, in fact, about seventy percent, will say that they believe in the God of the Bible. And then, and then the 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 rest, almost everybody else, except for a small percentage, will say they believe in some type of God or or whatever. Um, and my my personal experience, though, is that um, you know, I, I frankly, I'm I'm a little disappointed um, in in a lot of what I see and hear, because um, uh, you know, even those in our churches often. Uh, don't seem to have a clear understanding of of uh, the God of the Bible. They 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 will say that they believe in the God of the Bible, but they don't really have a good handle on what the Bible actually says about Him. You know, I was having a conversation with a a, a girl um, a few years ago. Uh, this is the example that comes to my mind, uh, just as just as an illustration. Um, and she said she believed in Jesus. She was, in fact, very kind of you know, emotional about it. She just loves Jesus. And, and, um, <clears throat> as we, as we talked, um, you know, I, I realized that she believed that Jesus was a God, uh, 
mm. but not the God. So like she said, well, you know, the Bible says that he's the son of God. He's not God. He's the son of God. And, you know, so I realized that she had this, this, this errant view of, of what son of God actually means. And, and so she didn't, she believed that Jesus was some type of a lesser God than the God of the Bible. Um, and so I find that kind of thing uh, uh, often. Um, and the other thing that I find is that um, people have this kind of casual relationship to this, to this belief, you know, um, it's, it's completely foundational uh, to everything that we believe. There is a God and he has spoken. And yet there's this very casual, very often a very casual um, relationship to that, you know, uh, God has spoken. How, how can we not pour over uh, the, the, the book that documents what he has said to us? And I just find that, you know, that a lot of uh, people, uh, and I'm not questioning their salvation or anything like that. I'm just simply saying that, that a lot of the Christians that I come across don't spend much time in the scriptures. They're, they're, they, you know, and when they, when they have problems in life, they don't go to God. They don't go to the scriptures. They, they, you know, uh, engineer their own solutions and, and, and uh, kind of treat the Bible as irrelevant to the daily uh, issues of life. And so, you know, just in, in my own experience, that's kind of what I've, I've, I've come across is a lot of people say they believe in God, but, you know, in many ways, they're practical atheists. Wait, you said about engineering your own solutions is, is super important because I think a lot of people are drawn to the idea of, of God because we know internally. I, I, I'm not sure that they could articulate this fully, but you know internally. You look around you, you see design, creativity, will, intention, beauty, value, ethics. All of these things cannot, in my view, be explained without ultimate reality being infinite eternal consciousness versus infinite eternal matter and energy. But as we as Christians, I know this may sound a little strange for me to refer to God in this way, as infinite eternal consciousness, but that infinite eternal consciousness has, has a personality. He is a person, right? Yes. And so, but, but see, this is where, uh, where mankind has gone astray because uh, we, we think, well, we know that God is there, uh, you know, who is he, right? And then we think, well, uh, I, I think our first temptation is to, to then take God and make him as palatable to ourselves as possible. Mm -hmm. the, the idea of an infinite eternal force, which I would say is, is more rooted, I mean, you could say new age, but I, I think it's, yeah, I, you, you mentioned this, you know, it's more rooted in, in the ideas of, of the monistic religions, um, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism in particular. Um, that's a very comfortable idea, isn't it? Because you can't be accountable to anything impersonal, right? The, what, the God of the Bible is terribly uncomfortable uh, in, this, in this way. I mean, I, I love him dearly, but we also talk about fearing God, right? Because ultimately, if a, if, if a person created the universe, there is built in some accountability there. And that makes us really uncomfortable. So right. the best we can do is to kind of just uh, dial him down to something that we can manage and and then build our worldview on that. Now you solve the problem. You believed in, in God and you figure out a way that uh, to make him 
be what you want them to be so you can live how you want to live. And it's all well and good, except it's not rooted in the full view of the truth. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, Tim, Tim, you were you you were in Russia for a while. So I right. use that as an illustration. And let's step back and, and talk to people who we run into that live as if there's no God, at least. Maybe they'll acknowledge God in tough times or something. But you've been in a country that's uh, been advertised as a godless, humanistic, whatever. Okay, um, well, is that me... a problem to not have a God? Okay, go, talk back. I, I have to throw this there. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, it's a view of the West. It's really not quite true. Uh, 70 plus years of communism did not stamp out the idea of God in the culture. Mm -hmm. Most Russians feel an incredible amount of pressure to be Russian is to be Eastern Orthodox, right? Mm -hmm. So there is a cultural view that we are Eastern Orthodox, we believe in God, but it is not at all uncommon. And I know this is going to sound inane. It is not at all uncommon for me to encounter Russian people who say, I'm an atheist, but I'm Orthodox. Mm -hmm. And you think, well, what, how does that, because God is relegated fully into the bucket of, of, a cultural identity and mythology. So on the one hand, you're right. It is secular. But on the other hand, uh, uh, there is a belief in God in the same way that probably a lot of the Greeks believed in the the deities. I mean, it's legend, myth. You kind of, you know, you sort of believe it, but you sort of don't. And so, again, it's just another self-deceptive view of of reality you know so it's it's a weird it's a weird deal uh, but i say that i'm also greek and this is my culture eastern orthodox <laughs> right and that's it's the same problem in greece uh, yeah. you, you're a terrible human being if you're greek and, and you say you're not orthodox uh eastern orthodox but uh nobody goes to church nobody you know <laughs> lives as if god exists so uh yeah it's that's how it is unfortunately so if we run into someone who says God doesn't exist, is that really a problem? They can still have a, a workable worldview. Now, Sean, you mentioned something about people like that before. Well, I, you know, I think what I what I find is that people don't don't understand that their worldview, uh, and I think Tim said this earlier, uh, is their understanding of reality. So, you know, if you if you if your view of reality is, you know, that that you are, you know, Captain America, then, you know, you're you're going to live your life uh, doing some crazy things and that worldview will break down eventually. Or or even if you if you uh, if your worldview is is um, the, uh, you know, one of the Eastern religions that 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 basically um uh, perceive um, that 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 evil is um, is not r real. It's it's just it's just the perception of people and and um, you know. So then you're gonna you're, you're going to uh, face the consequences of living a life that says that there's there's nothing uh, evil or sinful in the world. And, 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 you know, that, that affects the, the way that, that you live. And I think that, um, I think one of the bigger problems is that people don't really connect often their faith to reality, that this, that this, you know, the biblical worldview is actually 
God's explanation of reality. And so, you know, one of the one of the primary things I think that that I I, I often uh, find that people you know, just don't connect is that the Bible tells us that we're in spiritual warfare and that, that we need to pray and that we need to, um, stand firm in our faith and, and recognize that we have an enemy who is the father of lies and who's trying to deceive us, you know, so, so that's reality. That's our reality. And if we're, if we're clueless about that reality, or if we simply, uh, half-heartedly, uh, embrace that reality. Well, that's that's going to affect the way that we live and and the choices that we make, as well as the consequences of of those choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Ian, earlier you talked about people that believe it. I'm, let's jump to, to to another end for the sake of our time. Uh, sure. Those that believe in a higher power or Eastern religion type thing. Uh, or maybe we could even bring in. There are people that believe in the God of the Quran, Islam, or the God of Buddhism, or some other God. Why, Ian, talk to us about why we must believe in the God of the Bible. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, first and foremost, um, because the Bible clearly proclaims the object of our faith, right? Christ Jesus. I mean, that 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 is, I think, our Christian answer at first and foremost um to 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 first then understands we're defining the terms who who god is well uh you know god is is one who sent his son you know christ jesus to to come and die so i think that that first and foremost kind of gets gets to that i mean the bible gives a detailed description right of our savior that can be historically verified right even in the, in the gospel retelling first corinthians 15 3 through 8 um when paul gives the the gospel presentation uh, in 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 its simplest form. For I delivered you as first importance, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That He was buried. That He was raised on the third day according to scriptures. That He appeared to Cephas to the twelve. After He appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom appeared till now, but have some fallen asleep. So, Paul is giving a, a historical attestation that in that time, go ask, go ask them. So. That there's this this reality, this historical reality, and by the way, even in that gospel presentation, we are making declarative statements, um, both about uh, who God is, as we believe that obviously Jesus is God. To answer Sean's uh, earlier example of those that that aren't fully understanding who Jesus is, um, but he is a a verifiable man. Um, that lived in historical times, recorded by even outside historical, like Josephus. So, you know, we, we have that attestation. Um, so so to answer to those that are more kind of, you know, the Islam and so forth, we can then begin to uh, fully clarify and define and engage with them uh, about, you know, who Jesus is versus, you know, their idea of him just being a simple prophet. And so we can walk them through the scriptures to show the deity of of Christ. Um, In my mind, and I don't say this lightly, that that in one way seems a little bit more simple, because at least, particularly when you're dealing with something like Islam, at least we can even work out of the Old Testament, right? We, we, We can, we can, 
you know, work off some text that they may be more readily um, able to at least discuss. And now again, uh, uh, you know, faith is is completely different ultimately. But when it comes to the thing about <laughs> the greater power, right? I hear greater power. And I, again, in the conversations I've had with those, typically that is an undefined uh, kind of impersonal entity uh, that, you know, I, I kind of equivocate almost to the false gods and the idols that the prophet spoke of, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, ultimately that God mocked, right? You know, and, and so uh, mocked the people of Israel for, for following these idols, for following this greater power because there was no existence and there was no actual physical outworking of what they were doing. They weren't saying that's that was God, particularly through the prophet Isaiah, mocking them for, where's your gods? Where, you know, where's, where, where, why aren't they helping you? Um, or, of course, Elijah, Mount Carmel, right? Calling your gods. Maybe they're asleep, you know, or, or something of that sort. And so um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So, again, um, bring it back to, to Scripture and a biblical worldview that, that we're living on, I think, kind of makes it concrete in terms of those those absolutes that we are basing our faith on and living our faith out in, right, that others uh, can see. But, you know, you think of the unknown God, it just brings me back, you know, thinking about Acts 17, right, where Paul, Paul's going through Athens, and he says, oh, uh, to the statue says, unknown God, yeah. bingo, let me proclaim him to you. And he, he goes into proclaiming Christ Jesus and, and uh, his his resurrection. And so, um, again, that really kind of gets us to, to, you know, ultimately why and how we, I think, uh, defend our faith and but also evangelize, right? To, to then be able to get that conversation where somebody's talking about, well, I believe in a greater power to begin to define, like we said, the existence of God and who He is, particularly in Christ Jesus, and and then and then begin that conversation from there to these declarative historical statements that enable us to to get on uh, firm grounding that that we're given in Scripture. So. Yeah, but it's a biblical worldview we're arguing for and talking about. Meaning biblical, we come back to the Christian Scriptures. Absolutely, uh, we're, we're we're running out of time here, but a a final comment here. Big topic. So many things. That questions come up. Uh, we want to help our listeners, and and uh, you know we want to encourage them. Some final thoughts, just as as our listeners are having conversations with other people, and they run into, oh yeah, I believe in God, like Sean was saying. Well, what God? <laughs> what is He like? How do you define it? Okay, comments. Anybody? Final encouragement. Yeah, I would I would say that we have to recognize that we don't live in um, you know the 20th century anymore. Uh, where where um, and, and what I mean by that is I I think we have to recognize that that there has been a shift culturally to to a, a postmodern uh, a post Christian. Uh, even though the majority of Americans still say that they believe in the God of the Bible, I think really what we see is the influence of postmodernism really strongly in our culture. And we really just can't assume that people have Bible knowledge. And so, you know, I think we have to we have to take a very um, a very uh, kind of 
um, tactical approach. You know, I, I like uh, Greg Kokel's book called Tactics, where, you know, it's it's not, you know, uh, we, we absolutely uh, have to um, uh, kind of not assume that people are are um, just kind of uh, uh, knowingly and willfully being uh, rebellious against the, the, the God of the Bible. And we have to uh, assume in our time, I believe, and, and, and really I, f- I believe that this is, this is really significant, uh, is that we have to assume that people don't know the God of the Bible, even if they claim to be a Christian. Um, you know, uh, one, of my, one of the books that I recommend all the time is a book by uh, jo- uh, George Barna called The Seven Faith Tribes. And he he shows in there, and that book's you know uh, ten years old or so now, but he shows in there that that the the statistic is is accurate that that somewhere around seventy percent of all Americans claim to be Christians, and yet only about eight percent really can can answer some some pretty basic questions about the Bible and the biblical worldview. Um, and so we we just can't assume that people know the God of the Bible. We've got to we've got to um, you know take a tactical approach where we're asking them questions about what they actually believe and 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 trying to explore you know their personal understanding of of the scriptures and go from there, you know and 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 really not just not just assume that because they claim to be a Christian that they that they do have a biblical worldview. Yeah, yeah. Tim, final comment. You know, this could be another episode in itself, but I'll I'll <laughs> I'll kind of throw out throw out these two terms, evidentialist and presuppositionalist, which I'm sure Ian is familiar yes. with. And I don't know where you stand, Ian, fully on this, but I would say that I um I think of it more as a spectrum. Evidentialists say that you can see from the world around us that that God exists, right? Presuppositionalists say you actually can't even know that God exists unless you first accept the revelation of his word, meaning the Holy Spirit must enlighten you for you to see that. I actually think that there is a degree to which both are true. Um, I yep. think there is special revelation Spot and, and, as Christians. And I, I'm realizing that our audience is primarily believers. So, I want, I, But I want to throw this out to anybody who mm-hmm. may be sort of challenged in their worldview and thinking, OK, do I really believe in the God of the Bible, et cetera? You know, that's 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 a place to be where I've been, where a lot of people uh, have gone through. And I would say that um you know there is there is an enormous amount of evidence as daniel taylor and he said said in his book the myth of certainty which is actually a really good book uh there's not a hundred percent proof for the existence of god but there is are mounds of evidence uh uh that said the proof comes in the special revelation of the word of god when you put those two together, it's a pretty compelling argument. I believe in God um, for two reasons. One, I logically can't escape it. I really can't. It's the yeah, most logical explanation for the exist for for the world we see today. Yeah. And I believe in the Bible because of the the uh, the things that Ian mentioned. I'm really glad you you brought them up in the way that you did. It's historical basis. It's grounding in reality. Uh, is inescapable for me as well and uh you when you do that you arrive at a god who is powerful mysterious in some ways 
sometimes uncomfortable, <laughs> but he is God and he is good. And I'm, I'm just really glad to be part of a, a, a university here that acknowledges the, the scriptures and, and their authority. And thank you, Ian, for drawing us back to that today. You bet, you bet. Well, uh, and as our mission statement says, we encourage conversations, encouraging conversations, hopefully what we have, but we're also encouraging conversations that you can have, our listeners, with people around you about this very important topic of what they believe about God. All right, we're going to go offline and continue our discussion. You go offline and have your discussions. And uh, we thank our host here today, our special host here, Ian Bacon. Thank you for joining us and our Calvary Conversation listeners. We thank you. Have a good week in the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.